Well, good afternoon, friends. We're a little bit late for our video podcast. Actually, quite a bit late, a couple of three hours late, but uh, it's been kind of a crazy, crazy day uh, dealing with moving our daughter back from Oxford and all sorts of things. So, but anyway, we're going to jump in. So, this is our expand podcast that uh, we try to do on Mondays. Um, it's on Facebook Live on our expand uh, page and also. Uh, will be on at jonesyuk.com um, after this is over. So um, taking yesterday's sermon from the lectionary, it was John 17, 6 through 19. There's a lot in this passage about uh, trust and um, um, unity and, and, and how we are kind of in this great relationship with one another and um, how we're called to be um, together. Um, so one of the things I thought about is my friend Cormac Russell talks about the speed of trust, that if uh, an organization wants to move forward, get to where it needs to be, um, it depends on the speed of trust, how quickly you get there with trust. And then there is in that trust a sense of unity, like we're moving towards a common goal. And uh, there's something about that that's beautiful. Um, and then I thought also about uh, so many other things that... Um, um, just really lend to that sense of oneness and um, and how if we're together in something, then we can really move forward. Anyway, John 17, 6 through 19, it says this, I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours and you gave them to me and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you've given me is from you. For the words that you gave to me, I have given to them and they have received them and know in truth that I came from you and they have believed that you sent me. I'm asking on their behalf. I'm not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me, because they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I've been glorified in them. And now I'm no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I'm coming to you, Holy Father. Protect them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them in your name that you have given me. I guarded them, and i one of them was lost except the one destined to be lost so that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I'm coming to you and I speak these things in the world so that they may have my joy made complete in themselves. I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they do not belong to the world. This is I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but I ask you to protect them from the evil one. They do not belong to the world just as I do not belong to the world. Sanctify them in the truth your word is truth as you have sent me into the world. So I have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself so that they may be sanctified in truth. There's a lot in there. One of the things we've talked about in the last few weeks in our church, actually the last several months in different ways, is that the, the, when it talks about the world, it's talking about the systems of the world. We are not of the systems of this world. Those are man-made things. Um, or human-made things uh, to, and ways of being and living that aren't necessarily what God intends. Now, God does not take us out of the systems of the world, but calls us to be um, uh, knowing that we are different and not of those systems. And in so doing, we act and behave in a different way, and we call for justice and mercy or shalom, if you will, that uh, demonstrates a new reality, a new way of being, a new way of loving, that eventually permeates throughout that system and changes that system or can if we are committed and unified in one. And that's why this passage is really important. 
you know, I think of my friend, uh, Dean Link Nicholas, um, who is now the headmaster at Cincinnati Hills Christian Academy. Um, beautiful person. But he builds unity in a way that's um, wonderful as well as um, subversive in a way, in a good way, in the Jesus way. And that he builds um, a, a, a trust within people. They, they get to, to know each other well. And they, they, they love each other well. And overall, it works pretty good. And, um, and it's been amazing to see him how he's done it. One of the ways that that's really demonstrated is that every year, and he's actually trying to get our church to maybe go on one of these down the road, but to go to uh, Palestine and Israel, whenever he takes kids, you know, it's a Christian school, to the Holy Land, if you will, he makes sure that they go to Palestine and Israel. And that's really important because he wants them to to meet people that are really working for peace in a very conflict-ridden area. And as we see in the last week or two of, of, of folks being killed, babies, children, um, our hearts are broken and we know that there needs to be peace, but there are people in the midst of that conflict that are working in this kind of sense of, of, of working towards unity and oneness. He tells stories of, of Jesus followers that uh, befriend their Israeli um, occupiers, as well as the, um, Muslims who maybe have a, a history of antagonism, and, and they have befriended them, and, and in those local areas have worked towards friendship to where the settlers, as well as the um, different people of different religious groups, have been able to come together, and it just takes people willing to be in the sense of, of working towards unity. Uh, one of the things too that I thought about when I was reading this passage is this that concept again of how to get to unity, you have to build up trust. Uh, one of the things about me is I, I love to go rock climbing. I have not done that much in the last few years um, as much as I would like. Um, I've gone bouldering and I've gone to some climbing gyms, but I haven't really been outside um, on a rope in a while. Uh, we used to take our kids um, uh, top roping, what we call top roping, where we set up a line and anchor at the top of the cliff and rappel down and then climb back up. Um, and I've had uh, my good friend, Mike Zimmer, um, who's been my climbing partner over the years. He is a great uh, climber, lead climber, and I've gone climbing with him. And one of the things that when we climb together, whether it's, and we've not done that many multi-pitch climbs, actually only a couple, but um, together, Alicia and I, He's done quite a few. Um, but whether you're doing a multi-pitch or you're just doing something um, on the ground, you know, even, even the top roping, you really have to trust the person that's at the below you, that's belaying you. You have to trust your equipment and you have to trust your partner. If you don't, the consequences uh, can be disruptive, to say the least. And that's really important. And I think that in all of those illustrations, that today's text or the text from the lectionary this past Sunday says a lot about trust and working together, of striving towards friendship. And we know that this is important because these are Jesus' last words um, at the Last Supper in the Garden of Gethsemane where he's praying for his followers to really be together, to be unified. It's important. It's, it's one of those things that, that Jesus realizes that if if his followers are unified, are one, then in that oneness, 
they can begin to, to, to work on loving one another well and move towards uh, uh, a better way of being. And so this passage has a lot to say about unity. Now, that understanding of unity starts realizing that all is from God. God has created everything. You know, we've talked about this before, Colossians 3.11 and other passages in the Bible. Christ is all and in all. God has made God's dwelling in us, with us, around us. God fills the space inside and outside around us, knows all of our messiness, all of our stuff, and still is with us. Um, you know, I was telling my daughter the other day that, that everything is redeemable in this life because God is in the midst of all things and even embracing our shadow sides and all of our stuff um, and, and, and even using that. That's who we are in a way. I mean, there's something at work that's magical and C.S. Lewis talks about uh, a deeper magic because God, the divine, fills every nook and cranny of existence. And this God is ever expanding around us as we grow beyond ourselves. You know, physics, you know, the Big Bang, things are constantly still expanding. The universe is still expanding. Well, well, God, in our understanding of that, is still expanding. There is a, an evolutionary cycle that, that continues to go and evolve. And we begin to understand more and more and more how big and how wide this God is. And then if we can begin to realize that we are a part of this bigger divine flow movement, then we can begin to understand our call as disciples of Jesus, being the body of Christ, following God's spirit of the world around us, uh, a world, uh, and not the systems, that's another thing, but world, the created world, where God is already filling or has filled God's presence. So Jesus is praying for us. He's praying for his disciples, praying for those of us willing to grow and, and to be uh, um, uh, immersed to change, to be impacted by our relationship with Jesus and Jesus's love for the other, John 17. We're called to carry on Jesus' mission to be God's living presence in this world. Verse 11 calls us to remember that Jesus' name is placed upon us. I share this in my congregation. I, I said, when I look at you, I see the name of Jesus. In other words, we are the body of Christ. When I look at you, I see Jesus. You're Jesus living inside of you. You're there. And you're diverse. You're different. You're still so-and-so and so-and-so, but you're the body of Christ. And I say that, and I think of that my neighbors. I think of, I mean, we are the body of Christ. So we might as well start treating one another as we would, uh, knowing that we are the, the essence of the divine, um, every person that we meet. Yet we also know that even though we already have this unity that God has called us to be the body of Christ, it's there. We don't always live into that. Uh, we yearn for this oneness, but it's not always there. Yet we're hardwired for it. Um, if you know me, you know my favorite band is U2. I have, I can't really see it, but over here at my shrine to U2. Um, and Bono, I love Bono. I love some of his words, but years back he wrote this song one and uh you may know the song but it's a great line some great lines here one love one blood one life you gotta do what you should one life with each other sisters brothers one life but we're not the same we get to carry each other carry each other one life we are not the same we are created as beautifully diverse people in thoughts and opinions shapes size color preferences etc yet we can still be one we can still live in unity as we are marked by this God, 
who lives in perfect unity. We believe that Jesus is the word, the very expression of God. Jesus lived this out and calls us towards maturity and faith, not grumbling, not gossiping or complaining, but to the deeper stuff of understanding, of trust, of patience, of peace, of self-control, rather than other con others' control, and to love. We have to carry each other. I have to carry you. You have to carry me. And there will be a time when we have to really lean on each other. And I believe that there are people in our communities that are waiting. You know, I listen and I hear a lot. And I know that there are others in our church and our neighborhood that are also listening. And we know that we want the church to be a place of diversity and unity and oneness, loving our neighbors well. And yet we also know that a church, any church, is not perfect and to be places of disunity. It's mostly not intentional. Sometimes it is, <laughs> but mostly not. Sometimes we seem to not be able to live in the unity that God's given us. But what I think I'm committed to, well, actually what I know I'm committed to, and what I think others are in this time and place, we want to move towards the story of God, the story of unity, living in a new promise rooted in the nature of Jesus and the nature of what God intended for us as the church, as the disciples of Jesus. The next few verses past what we just read are great. Um, Verses starting verse 20, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who believe in me through their message. It's Jesus talking. That they all may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and love them as you have loved me. Jesus is just praying for, just finished praying for his disciples, and now he's praying for all of those who would believe in him because of the disciples' message. Jesus' prayer for believers, for each of us, is that he wants us to be so together that we are one. Now, all of us have that oneness, but he wants us to be awakened to that. And Jesus was giving us the, a great picture of his relationship with God, the Father, in the sense of the Trinity. Three in one, God, the Father, Spirit, God, the Son, three beings so tight together that they are one in communion and community. And so in this relationship with the, in the Trinity, there's oneness, there's unity, there's, there is that sense of oneness, and we are called to live into that and to model that with our brother and sister as best as we can. And we're given encouragement by being brought up, as our Greek Orthodox brothers would say, theosis, into the uh, divine flow of the Trinity, of the communion of God. So Jesus prays his desires will for us so that the world may know that he was who he said he was and sent by God. And by our being one with God with each other, the world may know and experience the love of God as they see our unity. When I was a kid in the 70s, a long time ago, hard to believe I'm 53. <sighs> but in the 70s, my dad was a volunteer youth director at our church. And actually, I've been thinking about him a lot lately. I'm actually wearing his hat today. Um, it's a good hat. But I remember uh, hearing the youth group kids sing a song. The chorus was, they will know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Hmm. I remember that. A long time ago. 
Friends, we have a God who loves us so much and has done everything to continue to show us that love. Sometimes we don't understand. Sometimes we get frustrated with God. Sometimes we get angry with God. Like I had a mentor of mine in college say, if you can't cuss out God, who can you cuss out? But the point of that is that God's love is big enough to handle anything in all of us. And this God is with us, a part of us, shaping like it's just everywhere. And the same God through Jesus has breathed his very presence, his spirit upon us. God gave us the power of God's spirit to unify us, the Ruach of God, the, 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 the feminine movement of the spirit, of the wind, of the breath that goes and shapes and changes everything. God's power and love transforms us and brings us into relationship with God, making us one with God and with each other. I believe that this world and all of its division and all of the anger politics and all of the the, the divisive politics and all of the, the things that are going on in our culture that are being used to drive wedges between us, that God's love overcomes all of that division. God's love for all things and all people and being in all things and all people can draw us toward each other if we just cultivate that sense of the divine. You know, I tell this to my church, you know, they're stuck with me and I'm stuck with them. And that's a good thing. And guess what? You may be watching this. You may not know me well, or maybe we're just connected through social media. I don't know. But you're stuck with me. I'm stuck with you. This is an eternal thing. An eternal, you know, in the sense of the divine does mean a sense of forever, but it has a deeper meaning too, especially in the original word. It's a quality more than quantity. And that we can work towards what it means to really love one another. So if we're stuck with each other, we might as well get on with it. Get on with the work of loving one another well. Trusting God. Getting the speed of trust going with one another, with a group of people that you can work towards the common good of your neighborhood or of your neck of the woods, wherever you live. May we live into this prayer of Jesus being one, just as he has demonstrated to us by being one with the Father, one with the Spirit, and one with us. Go in peace.